0: All right. so our last section is the first four trumpets. Now, again, this is of seven trumpets. These first four come in a unit, and the last three come in a unit, just like the seals. Uh, so we'll look at these first four. Now, I, I think these are a polemic against Mother Earth, uh, which many have chosen to worship in lieu of uh, worshiping God. Let's see. Um so now me ask the question, it covers the entire earth when. So this uh, set of judgments, the trumpets, is restrained to only harming one third of the earth. And we'll, we'll see that when we get into the scriptures um, verses 7 through 13. But we'll see some very similar judgments coming on the earth in chapter 16 for the, uh, for the bold judgments. Those bold judgments, some of them are very similar. Uh, for example, the oceans and the fresh water will turn to blood, but there is no restraint on that to only one third of the oceans or one third of the fresh water, it will be the entire earth. Um, so the fact that it is restrained in seven shows a growing intensity where God is still allowing a period of time where man can repent and to turn to him for faith, uh, in faith. Uh And yes, this will still be during the seven years. Those seven bold judgments happen in the last half of the seven years. We're still probably looking at the first half uh, of the seven years. And we'll see why when we get to chapter 11 that most um, students look at this and and see all of this is happening in the first three and a half years of the seven years. Uh, And again, uh, I guess we haven't gone over much in this study why it's seven years. Um, Seven years is going to be spoken of later in the book of Revelation. It'll talk about it as 42 months, uh, or two sets of 42 months. Uh, We see that, I believe, in the Olivet Discourse. We see a period of time assigned to this, uh, this period of wrath. Now, three and a half years are specific wrath against Israel for their unbelief, with the purpose of turning them towards god but the first three and a half years are more specifically um, on the whole earth and the whole earth is not exempt from the judgments in the second three and a half years but it it narrows in its focus um, as we go along but it also grows in its intensity Um, so yes this will still be during the seven years um, that are in focus from chapter 5, chapter 6, until um, chapter 19. That all takes place within this seven years. All right, so as I mentioned, uh, God is using these judgments to strip Satan of his uh, authority on earth. And in order to be an authority, you must have people in submission to you. We saw that all the way back from Genesis 3, where man chose to subject himself to the uh, to the teaching of Satan rather than to the teaching of God. They chose to trust Satan's word over trusting God's word. And in that way, they made themselves subject to Satan, subject to him in sin. We, we see that... Uh, we are slaves to sin or we are slaves to Christ. Uh, As slaves to sin, we who are created for worship find something to worship. And these judgments are stripping those idols that we worship um, of their power, of their power over our minds, of their power over our psyches. And a couple of those things which we worship, um, would even be ourselves. Uh, We see these targeted in the Four Horsemen, that when we turn to man uh, as the savior, when we turn to human government, uh, we are going to see uh, foe peace, we'll see war, we'll see uh, famine, all kinds of terrible things during these Four Horsemen. I believe this is a polemic against humanism. Uh, which is one of the gods that we serve. Another one is Mother Earth. Uh, We, uh, in shamanistic cultures, this takes the form of Gaia worship. In the West, which is more uh, scientifically minded, this takes place in the form of naturalism or evolution, trying to explain our creation through naturalistic uh, sources rather than through God. Uh, The first three trumpets, again, uh, take aim at this. Uh, those first three trumpets, which we're going to look at tonight. Another thing we worship is the cosmos, lots of sun worship. For example, the the uh, the Japanese religion, the traditional Korean religion, many of the uh, Eastern cultures worship the sun. Uh, Islam worships the moon god. Um, what's his name? Uh, their, their god is... Uh, originally from uh, a a group of gods which Muhammad selected one god which was their one god and that was the moon god uh, in his area. That was about 600 AD. Uh, But anyways, the moon has been worshipped throughout history. So this cosmic worship, astrology, um, or searching for a cosmic origin. Um, so again, we see another uh, attempt to uh, find a source of human life that is not from God. We saw it in evolution that it developed here on Earth. A cosmic origin would be that it was placed here by another superior race uh, of aliens. Uh, sadly, many people actually buy into this. Uh, today, we s- people think people in the scientific community would accuse you of being unscientifically minded for believing in an intelligent design um, of a god and theism generally, yet they would say it's also uh, ridiculous not to believe in life out there in the cosmos um, somewhere else. Well, because they look at it from uh, this perspective that it's all random anyways, so how strange would it be that we be the only random life but the other life would have arisen at some other place well they say that is uh that is a very scientific thing to believe so evolution this cosmic origin is just a naturalistic modern way of trying to find uh some way out of god being the creator because if god is our creator then we are responsible to him as our creator uh, Another, uh, another idol that we worship are the powers of darkness. This could be demon worship, shamanism, or the occult. Uh, trumpets 5 and 6 are particularly going to target these, and that's, that's what we'll look at next week. Uh, idol worshipers, we'll look at that later. Uh, God's purpose in judging Egypt was similar to what his purpose here in the trumpet judgments is for judging the earth, it was to particularly attack the Egyptian gods. Uh, For example, uh, the Egyptians worshipped a god that was in the form of a frog, and uh, one of the judgments that came on uh, Israel was a plague of frogs. There were uh, gods that were assigned to um, the wheat or the fields, their food source. These were attacked by the plagues. Uh, Even the worship of uh, the pharaoh himself when the oldest son of of the pharaoh was attacked, but also the god Osiris, who had the power over um, death, that was attacked where God basically pulled the rug out from under their their worldview, their social epistemology of uh, how the world operates. They had an idea that was founded on this, their multiple gods that controlled various aspects of the world. And God ripped that out from under them and said, No, I am the one true God. Uh, so God's purpose in judging Egypt was in three parts. Uh, in this conflict, God displays his superior power and sovereignty that would be over and against the gods of Egypt. Uh, he strengthened, strengthened the faith of his people. Um, The Jewish people, or the Hebrew people, as they saw God bringing these plagues on Egypt, their strength for what he was about to ask them to do, which was to um, go to the promised land, their strength of faith was increased. Um, And God also uses these events to heighten the anticipation uh, of appreciation for the redemption that he would provide. Uh, So showing his wrath and his judgment also amplifies um, his mercy and his grace so we should also be looking at the book of revelation in a similar way because again the same person or the same god here who judged egypt is now judging the entire earth and he's doing so for a very similar purpose he's going to be attacking our modern gods he's going to be strengthening the faith of his people and now that's for us as well as we read this book remember there is a blessing only in the book of revelation for those who read and understand the word of Revelation. And he is also going to increase our uh, anticipation for redemption, the end when we are finally glorified with Christ. Remember in Philippians 1.6, it says that he who began a good work in us will continue until the day of the Lord. That day of the Lord when we are glorified with him, we know that we will be saved from this wrath, Therefore, our appreciation grows um, for Christ having saved us out through his sacrifice. So God's polemic on man's gods. Can government save us? No. Can Mother Earth save us? No. Is the answer to our survival out there in the cosmos? No. Can spirituality save us? Even that is a very strong no. So what is the first judgment? It comes in the form of hail, fire, and blood. Uh, The first sounded, that would be the first trumpet, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood, and they were thrown to the earth, and a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. So uh, I believe that this being thrown down to the earth thing uh, carries with it this imagery of the golden censer that was cast down to the earth so I, I think it's those uh directly a result of those prayers for justice um, that are finally being cast down on the earth they come down in the form of hail fire and blood uh, and that that is similar as well i believe that's my next slide to what happened in egypt no not yet uh let's see god's purpose in uh in these judgments again is to magnify himself in ezekiel 38 22 to 23 and we got a question here uh okay so naomi asks people alive then are going going to straight think this is a result of global warming instead of god yeah actually that's uh that's one of the things I am going to propose here, is that uh, these being one-third judgments, not complete judgments, a lot of them have a possible naturalistic explanation. Just like the plagues that came on Egypt, they started out with the uh, with the magicians being able to reproduce these, um, these events, in other words, give... Not a naturalistic explanation because naturalism wasn't their worldview. Our worldview is naturalism. Theirs uh, was one of the powers of many gods. So these magicians would tap into the powers of some of their gods and reproduce uh, the miracles of God. Now, Satan being a supernatural being is able to do some supernatural things, but he does not have the omnipotence of God. There are things that Satan is completely incapable of doing. Uh, So, uh, just as the early plagues against Egypt, uh, which later grew in intensity, were able to be mimicked, but the later ones were not. So, these earlier judgments will be possibly explainable through natural processes uh, even though they are completely supernatural events which God himself has cast down to the earth. Uh, and sadly, even a lot of Bible commentators, Bible students, um, think that they are doing the text justice, trying to find a naturalistic explanation. I don't know if any of you have seen the Hollywood movie uh, Exodus, uh, which came out probably 10 years ago. Well, it seems like, uh, I know a lot of Christians in the Christian community were happy to see uh, Hollywood taking on films. They did a film on Noah around that time. But unfortunately, uh, they did a terrible injustice to the text. They stripped the power of God from God and said they all happened through naturalistic processes. It was because of the decaying frogs that the flies came in. It was because of these, this death of the frogs and the the flies that were biting people, that they got sores. So they basically said, no, these weren't divine judgments of God. It was a domino effect that happened in Egypt. And I I think, just like Naomi says, that's what's going to happen here in the tribulation period, is that God is going to give them an opportunity to turn to him in faith. But just like we see in Romans chapter 1 and 2, that knowing the truth, they instead choose a lie. Uh, So here in Ezekiel 38, 22 and 23, says, with pestilence and with blood, I will enter into judgment with him, and I will rain on him and on his troops and on the many peoples who are with him, a torrential rain with hailstones, fire, and brimstones. I will magnify myself, sanctify myself, and make myself known in the sight of many nations, and they will know that I am the Lord. Now, Of the seven Trump or of the six direct trumpet judgments, I think this is the only one specifically mentioned elsewhere in Scripture. The preceding five that we'll look at after this hail, blood, and um, fire aren't mentioned anywhere else in Scripture when referring to the latter days. Um, I believe they were revealed uniquely by John, unique visions of John that no other prophets saw and recorded. But this one, was recorded back in Ezekiel, and we see that in the presence of many nations, and in the latter days, uh, this judgment of rain, fire, and uh, hailstones, or um, brimstone, perhaps will rain down. We could think of the judgment on uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Perhaps that was similar. Uh, We can't be dogmatic about that, but it is very similar to the seventh plague on Egypt, uh, which was against Um, Their god, Nut, who is the sky god. Uh, So in, in the seventh Egyptian plague, we see that Moses stretched out his staff toward the sky, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and fire ran down to the earth, and the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire flashing continually in the midst of the hail, very severe, such as had not been in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation, the hail struck all that was in the field through all the land of Egypt, both man and beast. The hail also struck every plant of the field and shattered every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the sons of Israel were, was there was no hail. Now, this is the seventh of uh, nine plagues. And this is uh, ramping up to a fever pitch in Egypt, uh, where we see that everything in Egypt was essentially destroyed by this plague. Well, in the case of Revelation, it's going to be worldwide, but only affecting one-third of the earth, so it still is restrained. Uh, If we remember the third uh, seal judgment, which was uh, famine, that at that point also, God put a constraint on evil so that it wasn't able to go beyond a certain point. Uh, He indicated, I can't remember what the indications were now, but how much the wheat would be and how much the barley would be, and we can look at that and say, oh my gosh, that's terrible, but this voice emanating from between the living creatures um, said that that would be the price of the wheat and the barley, meaning that it also can't go below that. God has put a constraint on evil so that it cannot um, come to its full fruition yet, because God's purposes are not yet complete, and I think that's why Only one-third of the earth is judged during these um, judgments because God's purposes aren't yet complete. Destroying the entire earth would go against his purposes. Uh, The prophets did anticipate that uh, certain of these judgments of Israel or of Egypt would be repeated in the future. So it's not odd that uh, there are some, some similarities between those judgments. It doesn't mean that Revelation is giving us some allegory of what happened in Egypt. No, they are unique events, but the same judge, uh, the same judge dealing out the judgment. So in uh, Micah 7, 15 to 17, the prophet Micah says, As in the days when you came out from the land of Egypt, I will show you miracles. Nations will see and to be ashamed of all their might. They will put their hand on their mouth, their ears will be deaf, they will lick the dust like a serpent, like reptiles of the earth. They will come trembling out of their fortresses to the Lord our God, they will come in dread, and they will be afraid before you. So the prophets uh, did not view the plagues in Egypt as unique events, but things that would take place again. Isaiah 10, 24 to 25 correlates the Assyrian, which is another way that scripture speaks of the Antichrist. Uh, Ezekiel uses the king of Tyre to speak of Satan in a similar way in the book of Isaiah. The Assyrian is used of the latter-day Antichrist. So in chapter 10, he writes, Therefore, thus says the Lord God of hosts, O my people who dwell in Zion, Do not fear the Assyrian who strikes you with the rod and lifts up his staff against you, the way Egypt did. For in a very little while, my indignation against you will be spent, and my anger will be directed to their destruction. So a lot of the verses that we're going to look at tonight are ways that God judged individual nations in the past. And in The seven year tribulation, God is going to be judging the world as a whole. And that's what's in view here in Isaiah 10. And also in Isaiah, fire and hailstones are prophesied. It says, And the Lord will cause his voice of authority to be heard, and the descending of his arm to be seen in fierce anger, and in the flame of a consuming fire, in cloudburst, downpour, and hailstones. So we see that again, God's purpose is that his authority might be seen over against Satan's authority. And uh, before we look here in Genesis, uh, this hail, fire, and uh, blood, what exactly they are, uh, I think we just have to take a literal view of them. It's possible that the fire would be lightning. However, we've seen that John is perfectly capable of identifying lightning. He identifies lightning as coming from the throne of God um, and lightning as preceding this, these trumpet judgments. So I, I think the fire is not lightning, but actual fire. It might be triggered by lightning, but that lightning would still emanate from God. Uh, the blood, uh, it could be speaking of massive deaths that take, that take place during the hail and the fire. But again, it's supernatural. It is a supernatural event, unlike we see today, but similar in type to what happened in Egypt. It is not a bad way to interpret scripture to say that it will be literal blood, not being spilled from a body, but coming supernaturally from heaven, from the hand of God, literal fire and literal hail. Um, And we see, or we remind ourselves here, that God is outside of our uh, finite world. He is infinite, and he is the infinite creator of all things. Therefore, nothing that he chooses to do in judgment is outside of his ability to do, even if it's outside of the natural world and how we see uh, the physics of this world operating. God is the author of those laws of physics. Genesis 1 11 to 12 says that then God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their kind with seed in them. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind. And God saw that it was good. God chose to create all of this flora to cover the earth to serve man in providing food for him and in the last days he is perfectly just in taking away uh, those provisions that he has given to man Uh, but this like Naomi mentioned uh, some might point to this and say see we told you 12 years and and the whole world is going to die or burn up well you know, they're very right. The whole world is going to burn, but it's not because we are mistreating Mother Earth. God has told us in Genesis 8, 20, and 21, right around there, that he holds the earth in its current state, that there are cycles, both of seasons and of periods of time, but he is holding together the current world as it is, It will end in flames, it will burn up, we will see global warming, but it won't come from the actions of man against Mother Nature, it will come from the actions of man against God, Uh, and God will be the source of that global warming, not mankind, though it will be our fault. Yet, it's their very action of worshipping the creation over the creator that will, ironically, bring about Uh, flames to cover the earth. Uh, All right, one of the more popular judgments, the burning mountain that falls into the ocean. In verses 8 and 9, we read, the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. And a third of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and a third of the ships were destroyed so again this is similar to some of the judgments in egypt the first judgment was which was a judgment against the nile god where much of where the where the nile was turned to blood and the life that was in the nile being the the animals and the sea critters that were in the nile um, all died and it says the fish that were in the nile died the nile became foul so that the egyptians could not drink water from the Nile, and the blood was through all the land of Egypt. Uh, part of this judgment that comes on the earth in the second trumpet has to do with turning water to blood. Uh, and that's about the only corollary that is there, but it, it does have a parallel there in Egypt. Uh, one view about what this burning mountain is, um, some believe that it might be volcanic activity. Uh, I think this fails to take into account uh, in the literal method that the literal method of interpretation does recognize figurative language. To ignore that would actually be to go against the principle of literal interpretation, because uh, we have to recognize the function of language. And one function of language is that we are capable of drawing word pictures. Uh, One way that the Greeks do this is with a particle Hosts, uh, this W and the squiggly S, that's hosts, and that introduces a simile or a metaphor, uh, a simile in this case. It is something like a mountain. In the first judgment, we saw hail, fire, and blood with no hosts. So we take those absolutely literal. In the third and fourth, we're going to see a great star. We're going to see sun, moon, and stars. We're going to take those literally as well. But here, uh, restraining this. Um, Great mountain falling into the ocean to a volcano is going overboard on the figurative language or on the literal interpretation to the point where it actually is no longer literal, but um, just a failure to comprehend natural use of language. Uh, Those who hold to this idea that it's just a volcano somewhere on a shoreline that dumps a bunch of lava into the ocean, uh, these are usually preterists. Uh, people who interpret the entire book of Revelation historically. And that's because the natural reading of this passage is much more like a comet or a meteor, or perhaps even a nuclear uh, event. Uh, But this has never happened in history. Their goal is not necessarily to interpret uh, scripture for what it's saying, but rather to fit Revelation into their preconceived uh, theology. So we want to avoid that as we go through this. We want our theology to change based on the Word of God rather than the Word of God changing based on our theology. So I'm categorically ruling out the possibility that it is a volcano. Uh, I'm not going to rule out this second view, although it's not my view. Uh, the second view of what this great mountain is, some believe it is an atomic event. Uh I would rule this out on the basis that an atomic event is not supernatural. Uh, Yes, God does use man as divine instruments of judgment, but it does not appear to be his purpose during the seven trumpet judgments. Uh, So for that reason, and for that reason, almost alone, I would rule this one out. But a lot of really good Bible exegetes um, believe it's an atomic event. Uh, I'll give that one to them. Another reason I don't believe it's it's atomic is simply we don't have the capability of destroying a third of the earth and confining that to water. And then if we are giving it a naturalistic explanation, where the heck does the blood come from? Um, We're gonna get into that in a second. There's four different views on the blood. Um, So I don't think it's an atomic event. A lot of people do. Uh, I'm fine with anyone who does. Uh, But what I believe, I believe it is an asteroid or a comet uh, which uh, originates from outer space, naturally. Um, So I would call this a meteoric event. Uh, One problem with this is its believability. Uh, Now, this I don't believe is a problem with the text, but rather a problem with uh, how we try to interpret um, scripture and fit it into what we understand or what we have experienced already. Um, but uh, meteors aren't unexperienced throughout history, but this one will definitely take the cake. Uh, so what I say on this one is this view is not usually reached because the interpreter fails to take into account the origin of the trumpet judgments. Nevertheless, it does appear that John is capable of identifying a meteor. For example, in, in, uh, in verse 10, which is going to be the next judgment, he does identify a meteor. Also, in um, in the sixth seal, he says that the stars fell to heaven. Usually, his indication for an asteroid or a meteor um, is a star. And that's because the word in Greek for a star is similar to the word for um, an asteroid. In fact, there is no difference. Um, the Greeks looked at the sky and saw those little dots of light falling, and they identified those as stars or falling stars, we do the same thing in English. We have falling stars. We know that they are not stars, they're, they're comets. But um, I think one weak point to this view is that John is perfectly capable of identifying a meteor when he means a meteor. In this case, he chose to say a mountain rather than a star. But my response to that uh, possible weakness is that John is not trying to uh, identify precisely what it is, but what makes it different. Uh, one reason that atomic bomb would be okay is because John was told to write down what he saw. When there is no parallel to his experience, he has to uh, to write down something that is able to bring about the same, understanding that he witnessed. Remember, he's writing to a first century uh, audience, so it, not only John has to understand what he's writing, but those he's writing, too, have to understand. So when we get into the demonic um, stuff next week, as well with the possibility of it being an atomic bomb, even if John understood what that was, it would not be expedient to write that it's this newfangled technology that'll show up in the future. Rather, his his goal was for his audience to understand the severity of these judgments and the characteristics of these judgments. Now, uh, I think it could be a meteor, but rather than trying to identify its similarities with the other meteors, John is trying to identify its difference. Its difference would likely be its size. What he's trying to say here, I believe, is that this is a comet of immense size contrary to the comets that come down in showers in um, in the sixth seal judgment and the comet that will arrive in the next judgment that will apparently break apart and cover the whole earth uh, so I believe he is trying to verbalize that this comet has mountain-like features oh, is uh, so uh, then a note that uh, I'll make on that is about the believability, it actually is very believable that something like this would happen. In fact, Hollywood is full of fear of an event like this. Uh, I don't believe that fear is without foundation. Um, I believe that fear is already in the hearts of man because the Holy Spirit is, during this age, convicting unbelievers of the judgment that is to come, Uh, But also Satan is well aware of prophecy. Satan understands the word of God. He just doesn't believe that God will win. He believes that he will take a seat above God. He's just got to establish his kingdom is what he believes. So Satan is not ignorant. He's just a fool. Uh, But being that Hollywood is uh, very much um, in this world and the spirit of darkness we see that they fear this kind of event. So I've got a one-minute movie trailer from a movie that basically just predicts this perfectly. Um, so I'll play that one-minute trailer here. About today is this interstellar comet called Clark. It thing it appeared out of nowhere from like a different solar system. This is the generating the lower atmosphere. Three, two, one. And then... What is the it explosion? It's a chunk of rock, but I still explode. <laughs> It's all right to the dinosaurs. The sky's on fire. It's a purchase right expected to hit us in less than 24 hours. Space agencies are expecting an extinction level event. The greatest chance of survival are the Funkers in Greenland. Where are you going? I don't know. Thank gotcha. <laughs>